Welcome to Sticky Interviews. I'm Nathan Simmons, Senior Leadership Coach and Trainer for MBM, Making Business Matter, the home of Sticky Learning. We are the provider of leadership development and soft skills training to the grocery and manufacturing industry. The idea of these interviews is to share great ideas, great concepts and great ways these skills are being used to help you be the best version of you in the work that you do. Welcome to the show. Welcome to today's sticky interview with me, Nathan Simmons, Senior Leadership Coach and Trainer for MBM, Making Business Matter, the home of sticky learning. And today I have the privilege and honor as well to be interviewing Caroline Shine. She's a HR head of with an exemplary career history in a plethora of well-known brands, organizations and, and companies, including Austin Reed Group, Rush Hair Limited, A.S. Watson Group, which you may not know from that name, but from some of their brands on the high street in multiple countries around the world, you definitely would do. And more recently, Gantt Global as well. With her successes there being numerous and illuminous, by leading a complete culture change, helping them to get more focused on their values and behaviours. She's reduced absence costs by 60K in one year and reduced recruitment costs by a further £70,000. And at the same time, improved employee engagement from plus 11 to plus 59% in, sorry, points in the time that she was there. With this level of experience, I wanted to dive into all things employee engagement, talking about culture, talking about the ideas and implementations to make this work. And I wanted to dig in and share her experiences in this interview. First and foremost, Caroline, thank you very much for your time and thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Look, uh, the first question with me is always the same. Why do you do what you do? I think I do what I do because I'm absolutely passionate about all things people. But it's also about seeing results from uh, all my interventions with people. So to see somebody uh, go through a leadership program, for example, and to get the feedback from that individual who's been with the business 19 years, never had any training, uh, and to see his leadership score go up and up. But not only that, he tells me that his relationship with his wife has even got better. It's those kind of personal, what they do, not just at work, but what I see people improve on a personal level. um, And that's amazing to hear. It is. And I know this feeling because I've been in training rooms and sometimes it's the most difficult person in the training room. And you're having that conversation, you're just like, really bloody hell you know yeah. it's, it's like pulling teeth you know this conversation and then for some reason you go back maybe a month later this is when, me when i'm in the training room or, or two months later or whatever and it's like ah oh, i remember you she says and she says to me by the way i'm having less stress at home and i'm like you know, that's the best thing in the world ever yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that comes up for me is do you know what i hear a lot of people like the common or garden response is you know when people say I'm in HR why because I like people and actually I for me personally I've met a lot of HR people where actually it's not about the people mm. you know in the nicest possible way but then to drill it down with an example do you know what actually it's about this and hearing this and getting it yeah. that to me it, that's not the words it's the stuff that comes out of the good things that you do exactly. it's phenomenal mm-hmm. and it it's not about numbers at the end of the day it's about the people 
exactly always is about the people. But I think HR can show a return on investment. So when it's not just about people, but actually look, it's also about the business, it's improved the business, but it's improved people's lives. Massively. And I think if you chase the numbers, you don't get the people. But if you grow the people, the numbers come along, you know, exactly all by themselves. You, and it's not a chicken and egg scenario. You can't have one without the other. It's got no. to be that way first, which is phenomenal. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about all things employee experience and employee engagement. And I wanted to get your take on this. Mm. Um, like I said, with your experience, I think it's worth you know digging into that. Yeah. So for you, what is meant by an employee experience? For me, an employee experience starts at the with the candidate, but it's about the perception that they personally have about the company, its values, it's how they feel that they've got a safe, open environment with good technology, being able to do their job, but also that they understand what's their purpose in the business. And that's where, for me, it, it starts with the candidate experiences. What's my perception based on the consumer brand? What's my perception of what this company is like to work for? And then going through that experience, does it live up to those expectations on a personal level? I think it's interesting when you get to the personal level. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of organisers, they paint a picture and you go through the doors and you're like, well, okay, this is this is all well and good and kind of do i want to work here but then kind of does the video and the audio sync up you know does what yep. they're saying actually match up with the reality absolutely um and i think you know i i, I introduce people my leaders in training um i did i've done lots of training that i've wrote and delivered myself but one was all about recruitment so i'm relying on store managers to do their recruitment and some of them had never even looked at Glassdoor and looked at what's the reality and there they were I said you can't get away from it you know people will put their experiences on there and Gantt was on there and um, so it's all about you are the brand you represent the brand these are our values and our culture so when you come to treating that candidate that's where you'll you know you'll get good employee branding they've got to be the brand and act accordingly with even the you know from the candidate perspective they've got to be the ambassador it's it's <laughs> it's a constant dialogue and i also had the pleasure of interviewing james kerr and he wrote a book called legacy and he's his phrase that he used was you know, about getting values off walls and getting them on floors yeah and helping people to really live them and because mm -hmm. i think it's a statistic that i read when i was um and writing some content is actually 27 percent of people and it's only 27 percent of people actually agree and believe in their company values yeah yeah and i went through a whole piece of work uh, around that which is you know if you're going to embark on creating a values culture with the behaviors that match them you have to be tenacious and not let go of it um, i started off by doing um, a values workshop uh, with all mixes of people from all over the business 
um, brought them around groups of about 10 people. And the first thing I did was talk about what are values and, and asking people, what are you passionate about? And not just work, but other stories. And what we got was some great stories of people's experience of life that made them passionate. For an example, I had people that walk over hot coals. Um, other people loved scuba diving. But then I distinctly remember some people who came to this country not knowing any, not knowing how to speak any English at all. She put herself through university and she now speaks fluent English and has a very good career with Gantt. And she's passionate about what she achieved. So what we first all decided is that we are, our, our passion or our values are based on our own personal feelings. Then we dived into the values of what Gantt are, which were authentic, passionate, and creative, oh, sorry, innovative. So we then had to decide, well, they're just a set of words. What do they mean? So what I did is I wrote out to help the groups along, just strips of written paper about a behavior that would be what I then called, gank great, gank no thanks. So what we discussed with the group, for example, authentic, what does being authentic actually look like? But actually, what doesn't it look like? So for example, I won't gossip. I won't come into the, I won't bring my bad mood into the office and be the mood hoover of everybody else. So the people themselves then chose, yeah, that's what passionate means. Yes, that's what authentic, that's what it does mean, that's what it doesn't mean. Um, and then I went into something called a values dilemma with them. And I gave them some dilemmas just to discuss. Um, and it got quite interesting and heated. Uh, one of the questions I asked them is, would you give money to beggars? And just let them discuss. What we got back is people saying, no, I'd give them, I'd, I'd give money to the people selling the, uh, the big issue, or I'd give money to a charity, or I'd buy them a sandwich instead. And then, well, because some of them would felt very, you know, they're gonna spend it on drink and drugs. And everyone had a different view. But the outcome was, there was no right or wrong answer. But we asked, would you give money to beggars? People decided they were gonna do something else. So what we said is the outcome was, that's based on your own personal values. Even asking the question, would you eat your dinner sitting at the, the chair, at the t armchair at the TV? And people's values of what they grew up with is definitely not. We always eat dinner at the table at the proper time with the family. But then the last question that I ask is that you are uh, a manager. You have a group of seven people in your team. You need to hit a goal and you've got only one person in that team that's got the skill to get that goal. However, that person, other people in your team have come to you and said that they're going to leave because this person's unbearable to work with. And I ask, what do you do in that situation? And uh, we get lots of, oh, I'll talk to them, I'll do this. I said, Let, let's say it's a given, we've gone that far. The person is just not living the values. And when I answered them, given the answer is, 
you have to say goodbye to that person. Not in a maverick, you do it in a proper way. But what I say is, you will have never ever lower your values and your behaviours for the person. Those are your values, you've got to keep them. You've got to get everybody there. And once we'd launched these values, I actually had an individual who wasn't behaving in the gang great way. After having many conversations with her, we did eventually say goodbye. Um, I then got a lot of feedback from the rest of her team members that said, thank you. She was bullying me and making my life hell. So that's just one example of how you have to live by them too. Once I'd um, established um, what the values people's choices were, I then did another survey to get it down to just three behaviours linked to the value. I then did a train the trainer uh, work rollout to every store so that it went, went all the way through to um, every employee went through that workshop. And then at the end, I just asked people to fill in what they learned about values, what they learned about behaviours and what they're going to commit to and what would stop them committing. And the, the things I got back were, what's going to stop you? Nothing, because it's your behaviour. You've committed to them. One person even put death, <laughs> which I thought, oh, they're passionate. <laughs> um, and then what followed on from there is people in every store, in every area and head office, put up their own values boards and everyone put, you know, it was very kept alive. What I then followed on from that was I worked with uh, Reward Gateway. And what we could do with them is begin to send people e-cards, peer-to-peer recognition, specifically around thanking their colleagues for living the values and explaining what they did. You were really passionate today when you helped me with a customer, you know, anything or everything like that. So what I then did is, is I started an internal communication program called Life at Gantz, and I published to everybody who received cards and e-cards. Thank you to Fred. He's got three people who've sent him an e-card. We then um, set out that once somebody had got maybe 10 e-cards, I'd go to visit them in the store. I would present them with a You've Been Gank Great uh, trophy, photo, again, back, in, back, into, back into our internal communication. People loved that. Uh, and we gave a voucher, you know, a 50 pound voucher to spend Amazon or wherever. But what people preferred more was that trophy um, and that recognition. And they felt so proud. So that was just one of the initiatives that I did to get, get them actually living the values. Um, but that's also got to come with support from senior management team and sign off. It's got to be up and down, left yeah. and right. It can't yeah. be, you know, a couple of people in a store here and there. No, it's got to um, be. Got to be everyone. Yeah. Um, and the other part is I think there needs to be consistency with it. And I'm not just talking about any kind of in, in the recognition piece, mm -hmm. but in what is being rewarded. And you say having those steps and I say, look, these are the behaviours that, you know, that lead to this, that demonstrate this. And these are the behaviours that are kind of the, uh, the antonym of this. I think that's the right word, you know, pulling away from that. Yeah. And actually, we've got some clarity, and that's coming from the people. That's not coming from you know a senior leader saying you need to do this, and they're not doing it. It's coming mm -hmm. from the people and saying this is how we're going to display it. This is how we're going to do yeah. it. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The other part for me is 
uh, you know, is reward and recognition, and they talk about incentives. Then there's, there's quite a few studies now that are showing that incentives don't work. They drive the wrong behaviours, especially when there's money involved. Yeah. But it is that recognition piece. It's the acknowledgement piece. It's actually, here I am, I'm being seen. And, you know, it, it's a... Um, it's a very human need to actually just be seen and recognize that wherever I am, whatever it is I'm doing, that I am seen by um, my leader, by someone else. And they're actually acknowledging me for what I'm bringing to this conversation and to this, to this, um, to this business. And, having, and even having a photo taken, like you say, that sense of pride that comes with it is, is I enormous. I just loved it. And then also when we launched the leadership programme, it starts off by all our store managers and head office staff, where we with my L&D team, um, we did a rollout of what we called everyday leadership. So once a month, we'd have a group come together where we do the first day's workshop on leadership, um, looking at their personality styles, their own leadership styles, etc. Then I would continue with how to coach people, how to manage poor performers, how to understand the employment law, all those kinds of subjects that give managers um, and what we call our leaders the confidence to manage people and we at the end of the program we were at a place where we were on our second survey and which was a global survey where we actually had real data now on where every individual had scored on their leadership score so we held a graduation night everybody was in the graduation um uh, attire and you know the MD was there speeches were given but the recognition we were able to give part of my speech was to actually pull out that manager do you know your leadership score has grown from x to y or y to z they just felt so proud and every single person's leadership scored had increased and the painful bit, and you know this and I know this, is, is 99% of the world's leaders end up in getting a management position or, or leadership job because yep. they were good at the job they were already doing. Correct. And yeah. they go, well, you were good at making this or you were good at doing that, therefore you must be good at leading the people that are making those things. Mm -hmm. But we know, we all, well, you and I definitely know, it's a misnomer, it doesn't work like that, but no. for some reason the world continues to do it. Mm. I have no idea why. No. So the moment that you actually go, you're a leader, there is a reason why you are in this position and I'm going to give you the support to do that. I see you for what you are and what you bring and I'm going to give you these skills to make it even better. Mm -hmm. And then you're leading by proximity. You're, you know, you're making that investment into them to, to develop them and then you're celebrating it you know, at the other end when they make those changes. And this is, and again, with the recognition piece, and this is how we know that you're delivering on that and this is how we know that your scores are improving and turning up and recognising it as mm -hmm. well. Yep. Yeah, and I think it's it's introducing. Uh, I've even got senior people in any. Not just I'm not just talking about Gan. I'm talking about every business I've been into. The actual heads of and leaders don't have or have never been exposed to leadership skills, understanding of their emotional intelligence, understanding. Um, you know, just doing a John O'Dare on them as to where they are with their teams and individuals and tasks those sort of tools still not utilized enough so I'm a bit of a you know I used to drive my team mad because I'd come in with a new book every day and I'd be what I would do is share out snippets uh, bite-sized snippets to my senior team 
um, so that they begin your drip feeding, if you like, instead of trying to put, wash everybody through a training course, off you go. Um, it, it's giving some learning and getting the minds opened up to what is really leadership is all about. Agreed. And kind of what you're alluding to is a phrase I use is corporate sheet dipping. And I'm not sure where I heard that before, but <laughs> not every training is going to fit every person. No, you know? no. We've got a different personality types. We've also got a different leadership types. We've also mm -hmm. got a different areas of expertise and it's all absolutely fine. <laughs> but, you know, and, but then, you know, you can send everyone on this course. It's just not going to fit everybody. No. Maybe, maybe I've got square pegs in round holes and yeah. or you know, and that's all okay. <laughs> But like you say, you drip feed, you know, you learn one model, like, oh, that's really good. I'm going to overlay it with this. And it starts to develop and become kind of organic for yourself. Yeah. As well as the people in your kind of in your gift as well. Yeah. And they will take on board what, you know, what works for them. Mm. But if you're not demonstrating it and sharing it, mm. nothing comes in, nothing changes, nothing, nothing evolves. Goes out. Yeah, correct. Agreed. <laughs> so you cover quite a lot in there and one of my key questions here is what is employee experience strategy and mm. i think that's kind of hitting the nail on the head there's, there's some there's some key elements what else would you want to include in that strategy that would help uh, that employee experience i think it's about looking at things like um the onboarding have you know what does that look like and what should it look like very very important on that as to make how you make an employee a new employee feel what should day one look like today week two week four week six etc and hr still has to be completely tenacious on that because you know day one could be amazing you take the new person around you introduce them you make sure that they've got the technology to be able and the tools to be able to do their job but you know i still find that i still have to chase senior managers to have their one-to-ones, do the feedback, how is it going, what could we do better, keep getting that feedback. And that's part of growing and, and uh, why it's important to have employee experience. And the employee experience is everything we put in to that employee will then give us the employee engagement at the end of it. So there's an input, output is the employee engagement. So the bit I pulled the fate of it, People watching the video may have seen me pulling a face when you're talking about the senior leaders maybe not doing their one-to-ones yeah. in their feet. But I, you know what? Is is again, you know, is it common or garden? Yeah. But the bit that gets me, especially when I'm looking at personal development and coaching, mm -hmm. the struggle that I find that senior leadership leaders have in not doing that is because they never experienced it themselves. Yeah. And agreed. we do to others what was done unto us. And whether that's parenting or leadership or whatever it is, we, we tend to have as a human species the um, kind of the, the idea that we just repeat. We, you know, mm. if it worked for me, it got me felt I'll do that and I'll make a small adjustment. Mm. But we but we do it for so long it becomes habitual. It, you know, it becomes a habit. Yeah. So the bit for me is the leaders is making sure they're getting that experience. Mm -hmm. So my is it a bit is a tangent question from here where or how do you make sure that the senior leadership are getting their one-to-ones and their feedback and how do you make that happen yeah i think it's you know you've got to have the influence there with your md or ceo to ensure that that happens but it's also about i do a lot of coaching with the ceo on what all those kind of meetings are going to look like and feel like for those individuals so i think it, it, hr has a lot um 
to um, to it, to it, a lot to input into that to make sure that it does happen. And that you know, our leaders are going to. I've had examples of leaders who their leadership score wasn't as high as they wanted them to be. Um, so you know, that's around coaching with the MD on that individual in a more as positive way as you as you as you make it. Um, the output of that was that he was like a sponge. He became like a sponge and really listened. And his team, the next set of scores were amazing. And he took, he'd take his team out on team builds together. And even just, you know, passing through the kitchen area, one of his team members would say to me, oh, I love working with him. And I'd go straight back and say, she loves working with you. <laughs> it's that, and that you can, that to me is real life development, if that makes sense. I know you asked the question about how do I ensure it happens, but I thought I'd give you an example. No, no, no. Making yeah. that happen. <laughs> and for me, it becomes, as you were saying, it's just that realisation. Well, actually, if you think that that's the way life's going to be, you kind of normalise that. You go, well, I'm not yeah. going to get any coaching. No <laughs> one gives two hoots about me. It's tough at the top. Crack on, you know, suck it up, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We justify and validate mm-hmm. how we're feeling when we're into those positions. You know, we wonder why there's executive burnout is, is mm. a thing, you know. Yeah. But then the moment that you start having the conversation, go, well, actually, there's this conversation that we could have. And it supports giving you that development that you probably never really had mm-hmm. or, or the care and attention that you may not feel that you've received over the course of time. Yeah. And then the moment you start doing that, they go, actually, here's Caroline. She does actually give two hoots about me. She does mm. actually give two hoots about what's going on here and the employee experience and all of those things. And then you start to engage. Yeah. Yep. And then that person opens up and they just say, actually, crap, there's all this stuff. And then they start to absorb and then the world becomes a different yep. place. And I think it's probably one element of the reason for it is when you talk about leadership, just that word alone, they t- what 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 does it mean to different people is it all too corporate well corporate feeling for actually just have a normal conversation and people get an enlightenment moment um you know that that's kind of where i've seen it happen for me and from there was a post recently in this and the core element of this post on linkedin i read was you know the world doesn't need more leaders and literally, I could feel the heckles going up on the back of my mm. head. I was like, no, this, this, is the, this is the key problem with the world. There's not enough leaders. Yeah. And actually, like you say, is what is leadership to someone? What does it actually mean as a definition to that individual? Um, what does it mean to them when they're at home? What does it mean to them when they're at, with their family? What does it mean to them when they're getting out of bed to go to their job and maybe they don't feel like it? These are all the times when that leadership uh, element needs to come to the surface. And it is that self-leadership, that leadership from the inside that then radiates outwards. Mm-hmm. And helping people tap in, like I said earlier, is different for each of those individuals yeah. Yeah, to bring that to life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there needs to be, um, number one for me, is you're never going to do it if they haven't got emotional intelligence and understand what it's all about uh, and how they present themselves, how other people see them. Uh, I just think that's a great tool to use to start off with. Uh, again, something I've read recently or was watching 
and they were talking about the fact that basically you're a body walking around with no head. <laughs> and I was like, what are they going to? And they said, well, with your eyes, you can see the rest of your body. You can, yeah. I can see my shoulders, my hands and my feet. But the one bit of me I can't see is my head. And it's like the leadership thing. You've got this kind of concept of, well, maybe it's like this and I'm going to interrupt. Okay, but you can't see your own self in this place. Yep. So again, it's kind of having that introspection to say, actually, this is who I am. This is what I'm bringing. Mm. This is what's important to me. And then being able to bring that to the table and taking charge of yourself. Because mm. like I say, it's the inside out that's going to cause, you know, the biggest impact to your people. And I think, I think certainly leaders who have been around and operated for years in a particular way that they're not leaders, I think they find that quite painful. Mm. And that's why they put a block on it because this, it could tap into them on a personal level and it could expose them. That's, and it's that part, I think, where you're going to get, you get the barriers to senior people change. Yeah, but it's that exposure, which was where the beauty comes from. Yeah, yeah. Because then you find out actually who they are, not what they think someone else thinks of them. Now, yeah. from the 360 feedback, from mm. um, going out and speaking to their stakeholders and asking the questions, you know, and getting that information. It's like, well, actually, what do I need to work on? Yeah, yeah. And, and having people hold up the mirror so they can see it. Mm. Uh, that is, I think, the most difficult first step for any leader uh, to actually say, how am I doing? getting feedback open, honest, be, and create an environment for open and honest feedback in their teams. And unfortunately, I have in my many years seen that barrier and no open and honest. They don't want to hear it. They're, they're fearful uh, of what that mirror. Yeah, and it's got to be vulnerability. Mm. You know, and the vulnerability, and we talk, is, is a word that gets banded around a lot, you know, especially from the, you know, the advent of Brene Brown, TED Talks, these sorts of things about yeah. shame and guilt. But it, vulnerability isn't a weakness. It's the ability to be, open yourself up to be wounded, yeah. but to be authentic and honest. Yeah. And my measurement of this was always, now when you do 360 feedback, no one ever wants to tell you to, tell you to your face. And you'd be like, mm. I don't get this. I need to know. Yeah. So you create this anonymity where they can tell you what they think about you, but anonymously, so that they don't tell you to your face. Um, doesn't make sense to me. That just creates more bad feeling. Nothing. Yes. Oh, it's toxic. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then, because we're so used to that as a behaviour, we almost have to go through that, where we can then start having honest conversations with people. Say, okay, you, I can see this feedback. I feel like it's Caroline that's giving me this feedback. Caroline, I'd like to have a conversation with you. And then you and me talk about it, and you tell me to my face. Uh, not written down on an email given to somebody else to collate it and then give it back to me. Actually, we create an environment where we all have a conversation. And as a leader, I can sit with my team, however many people in my team, and they could all tell me to my face, and we could have an adult, honest, authentic conversation. I think, I think also, in order to do that, um, when you look at the dysfunctions of a team, the number one dysfunction is lack of trust. And if you don't address those issues of why there is no trust, and the trust to be able to talk out without having any repercussions, etc. You need, you need to build the safe environment first. Absolutely. Yeah, and for me, I think that's the gauge. And sometimes that culture takes a while to get to. Yeah, For me, that's Definitely. one of the key things is 
honesty and the, the ability for a team to communicate with their leaders and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Without fear of any, um, uh, uh, you know, without fear, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and it, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Thank you. That was complete tangent from where we're going. <laughs> I, I just felt that it had to go into that space. Yeah. But, so you talked about, or you, and you talked about in the video um, with Gateway for Gantt as well, and how do you measure employee experience? And for Caroline Shine, and we talked about it a little bit in the end, how do you measure employee experience? Yeah. Well, I measure it obviously by doing an employee survey, because that's going to be the outputs of the experience. Um, and, uh, you know, the surveys we've been doing, we then moved the survey to, instead of doing the survey and results don't come out for a couple of months and then you're going to do something they've forgotten about what what they said in the survey in the first place so yeah i think employee pulse survey is really important to send out short quick questions pulse surveys don't take a long time to do so you know and and also uh, the experience is asking the right questions it can sometimes i found that in writing uh, in giving people room to write free text on a survey um I, I, I was really surprised at the feedback but also to go on from that is if you're going to put a survey out you've got to do the quick wins you've got to show you that you're listening to that uh, but yeah uh, that would be and also just asking for feedback from people asking feedback through how did you find your onboarding process how did you find your latest training and development? What can we do better? So it's keeping that open, open communication is how, you know, I'd measure it. And, and we do use, yet. Yeah, obviously, it's going to be the net promoter score that's going to give us the overall. I think it's that part you talked about in that pulse. No, I've been in companies where they've done the employee survey and then it, and there's still a part of me that can't comprehend why it takes so long to get that information together yeah. when you can go on somewhere and you can press a button and you can actually, I can do a poll on go to webinar. Yeah. And I can get the stats and performance numbers out of the back of that within 30 seconds. So yeah. why does it take two to three months or even longer no. to see the results? From, that's not okay. Because like because... you say, by the time, I was going to say, by the time they, you get that information, everything's been and gone and people have forgotten. And you kind of... it. Or they feel they're not, they didn't get listened to. I mean, one example, yes. when I first started at Gantt, uh, it's a global company that's owned by Sweden, but there were no other HR people operating in any other country. So I just went ahead and worked with my, my senior teams to what strategy we wanted to build. One of those was an employee survey, which I wrote myself on SurveyMonkey. Um, and... We got the results back from that, and that was the first time we'd ever done a survey. One of the, a couple of things that came out, and we can just change quickly. Um, I had part-time employees, and they were contracted maybe for eight hours uh, a week, but the reality was they were working, flexing up, and maybe working 20 hours. However, their benefits would only match their contracted hours, such as holiday and such as clothing allowance, so if you imagine we give, you know, certain hundred pounds would only give you a jump, one jumper and a shirt yeah. uh, as a clothing allowance benefit, ha but they were working 20 hours a week. The same if they went on holiday, they'd only get eight hours a week. So the day the survey came out, got together with the senior team immediately. You said, we heard, this is what we're going to change. Yeah. And these are the other things that we're also going to be working on. 
uh, because of your feedback. So that is the most important thing to react very quickly to the quick wins that you can. Yeah, low hanging fruit immediately, get them down, get them done. Yeah. Uh, one of the challenges I also have with kind of the employee survey and the engagement side of it is then looking at those things that come up time and time again. And I, kind of as a rough rule of thumb, there will be some commonalities, whether it's around communication or whatever. Yeah. Is how do you then go about, you know, that stuff that keeps repeating? Yeah. What is think, it you do to improve that? Yeah, I think with any survey, uh, the next step is for the team leaders to meet with every single team member and have those and, and explore uh, those areas where they're, they, they're coming coming a little bit low. For example, I think communication in some areas or some areas of the business, they're measuring really high, whereas others are not so great. So be looking about working with those two teams even to say, why is yours high, higher than ours? What are you doing differently? Let's share top tips on what other departments are doing in comparison to this. So it's bringing together then if you like a more aligned communication uh, policy mm, is the word policy no communication ways of working of what every department should be doing and you know so best way you know best practices yeah. and for me it came in with that what you were saying about a glass door mm. um where was my brain going that year is ah oh, crikey it's just slipped out of my head asking that leadership questions of why do people leave your team or why do people join your team? Mm -hmm. And doing that self-reflection piece as a leader to want to go and get that sort of feedback, it's the same with this. Well, why is it working for them and why is it not working for me? Correct. Having the honesty and um, the wherewithal to say, do you know what? This is, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit crap at this mm -hmm. and I need yeah. some help. And I'm going to go yeah. and see Caroline because Caroline's bloody marvellous at it. <laughs> Let's get her up. And, but rather than worrying about whether there's going to be reprimand or there's yeah. going to be like a, um, you know, a loss of respect or something, just no, go grow and, and grow. And that, that's something, that's how I, that's how I operate. Um, I really encourage and share ideas, but also share amongst the teams that, you know, it's that whole communication. You know, I set up, for example, in Gantt, you know, there we were in a beautiful um, head office, but you've got buying a merch, you've got PR, e-commerce over there, you've got wholesale there. But actually, what we didn't know was what were the successes of what each department was working on, uh, what were they working on, but what were their successes, what are they doing great? So we then started monthly breakfast meetings and every department had a, what, a session to deliver. Uh, and it was great, we were sitting there thinking, I didn't know they were doing that over there in that department. It's just something it's like, get off, you didn't go and talk to people. You know, it's just, and it, 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 that again brings in that sense of purpose of why I'm here and why, what I do to contribute to the bigger picture. And it also breeds connection. And it definitely is, um, you know, talking about hackathons before where people would actually work on their own projects. So maybe you'd have one day every month where you wouldn't work on a work per se project, but you'd work mm -hmm. on this thing you're kind of incubating, kind of, you know, an idea that you want to develop. But then by sharing that with other people, like, well, this is what I'm working on. And people go, oh, you're working on that. Well, actually, I've got a qualification in this and I can contribute to that. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, crikey, actually. And all of a sudden, these two different departments that, you know, um, that, you know, never the twain shall meet or whatever it is, all of a sudden they're now having a different conversation, which yeah. just changes the dynamic of the relationship yeah. again. It's just people, it's just getting people to think differently, being too long in a habit.
of working in their own silos. Yeah, and we're building that connection. Mm-hmm. So, personally, for Caroline Shine, always, because it's always going to be about you, because you've got the experience you've got on what you know has made these businesses a success, a success where you've been in them. Why is employee experience so important? Um, I think it, it, it's everything. It, may, it makes a place a great place to work. Um, so that's why it, it, we know part of my presentation that I do in my values is I'll say, I always put up a, um, a slide that has, I, and ask the question, who's a great place to work? Where is a great place to work and why? And every single group that I've put them through have always come up with the same. Google, for us, John Lewis, uh, Zappos culture, um, you know, and Apple. So it, it's that, it, that's because they're a strong consumer brand, but their employee experience matches their strong computer brand. They are shouting out there saying, do you know what? We look, we look after our employees and, and that I think is so important and today you know especially what we're currently going through I think that employee experience of well-being trust they, they, you know they're gonna it's gonna end in profit but it's not just profit it's about sustaining the good employees and you know and keeping that talent yeah agreed and I think there's a few more places now where actually, like I said earlier, that, that video and the audio is not matching up. Mm. Um, and I've seen people recently leaving Facebook due to ethics and morals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And also I saw a post uh, from Jeff Bezos actually regarding some racial slurs that were put on his on Amazon about something else, about mm. from a client. And he's actually, you know, I think my gut feel from reading that, I think there's a, there's a shift. Actually, we understand what's important to people. Mm. That people aren't just numbers. Um, and Amazon has had a pretty hard time for the yeah. way it's been treated. It, how that's changed. I think I don't think you can get that level of press coverage and not take action to make movement inside an organisation. Yeah, yeah. And to be Great. then see, and then to get someone to then remember who they are in the business, mm-hmm. and what their business stands for, and actually to come back with a reply like that. Mm. I think that's starting to move in the right direction to make sure that that experience for the employee mm-hmm. is, you know, replete. Um, yeah agreed agreed so how can hr improve the employee experience um i think we have to by improving is 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 getting feedback as to how we're doing i think we have got to challenge be and be the ambassador of the employee experience but at the same time we've got to um we've got to influence our leaders to ensure that they are carrying out everything within that to make it to the best employee experience. So it's just like values. It can end up being uh, HR's job, you know, and it's making sure that we're communicating. We are tenacious to ensure uh, and we are consistent. And I think that's the other way we can help to improve is to make it consistent across every single touch point of the employee cycle. I love having these conversations with people. Why? Because they kind of they, they these other ideas kind of percolate to the surface as I'm talking and, and people are kind of sharing. And actually, this idea of human resources, like you say, a lot of what 
we do in the human resource space, it becomes a box ticking, box ticking exercise. Like the PDP, oh, it's just a form. Oh, it's not. Now I've trained people to say, or to, to in the understanding that the PDP is a mindset, not a piece of paper. Yeah, now this is your personal development plan. It's not insert company brand name here, development plan. This is you. Yeah. And if you're not writing it down in your own handwriting, you obviously don't care about your own personal development. Yeah. You know, is, is, is one stance on that. So as you were saying, human resources, this idea came up to me, actually, everybody's human resources. Ooh, the correct, you know, it's, not, it's not just a department here. Actually, you know, the leader in the store is human resources. The, the, in, the, the person in the, in the location working with the customer is human resources because they're resourcing the humans around them in the right possible way through relationship. Couldn't put it it's a not, better way. <laughs> and it's not just like a, a group, you know, three or four people over here, and, you know, um, bunch of do-gooders are sometimes HR are seen or, or nice to have or whatever yeah. and I'm, I'm saying that as a stereotyping yeah. I'm like, I'm or aware to come in and pick up the pieces when something's gone wrong <laughs> yeah or, or, or just checking payroll or something yeah. you know it's yeah. all those all that brand you know, stereotyping kind of that goes on mm -hmm. actually it's it's building that relationship out into every individual so that they feel that connection across yeah. the whole business this is the the hub that HR truly are in their business agreed ah oh. so <laughs> Think, just this popped into my head as well. Thinking about all the stuff that you've done previously, what would you like to do differently moving forward? What other ideas would you like to implement into Ooh. organizations? <laughs> well, now you've got me. <laughs> <laughs> what would I like to implement? I don't know. Well, obviously, the whole, but that's not, are you think something new that I'd like to implement? Anything, it might be new to you, or it might be something that you just want to get your teeth into again and then just take it up another level. Ah. I suppose it, I would, I think it's ever evolving employee culture. Um, I'm very much keep abreast of what's going on out there that's new. Um, but I haven't found anything completely different to what I delivered at Gantt, if that makes sense. But if I did find it, I'd be, you know, all over it. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Think, no, that's all right. Yeah, I've got it back there. I just yeah. pressed the button. Um, what's one thing you'd do differently from Gantt then? What would I do differently? I don't think I put enough onus on the leaders to take responsibility for the values and behaviours and that whole piece. I think I, sh I, I did towards the end, but I think I looked after it uh, in the early days more than I would have wanted. So I think, well, because for example, I um, rolled out in the early days, the focus groups to the senior team. In hindsight, the senior team should have been at every single meeting, that, at every single focus group that I conducted. That, that's, mm -hmm. yeah, to get early, early buy-in. Nice. Good reflection, please. Yeah, that was what I thought about afterwards, but we have an ethos of never stop learning. Every day's a school day. Absolutely. Every day. So look, so penultimate question for me then, how do you make behavioural change stick? I am tenacious, but I am also um, 
very passionate, but also I, to make it stick, I give leaders and managers real life examples uh, of what could happen if they don't. What, what, what is the payoff here if we don't make that stick and we don't change that behaviour? And I, we, we had, we've had real life examples where we've said goodbye to people. And I've always said it's my intuition and my experience. I'll say, I'll bet your bottom dollar. And you say goodbye to that person, you will find out an awful lot more about that person after they've gone. And sure enough, always been the case. Always been the case. So it, it, it's, you know, I, I'm very, I can influence um, by explaining and talking through with an MD or a senior person, you know, the consequences of what could happen and the bigger picture to the whole brand and the rest of the people. And I think what does it for me is when you've got people that are not living the values, it's about, you know, those conversations saying to those people that, you know, you're, you're gant, you're gant no thanks behavior, but it's how you make other people feel. Do you realize how many you're making other people feel? Because that's what it's all about. When you've got people bullying, um, being nasty to each other, it's getting that person to understand. This is not my behavior. This is your behavior. So I yep. can be quiet if I need to be. And it has to be. For me, the two questions I ask, you know, what's the benefit if you do? If yep. you do make the change? And you know, what's the cost if you don't? Yeah. And, and getting people to highlight that for themselves. And like you say, when you've got those two super clear um, variations, you know, the, the Gantt great and Gantt no thanks. Correct. Okay. Which choice would you like to make? Oh, you want to go down there? Okay, great. I know. If you want to go, okay, great. I'm happy whichever choice you make. Yeah. I know which one I would prefer you to make. Yeah. If the values aren't being displayed and that feeling isn't right and we know that this is going to breed, you know, damage down the line or be of mm. detriment. And okay, we need to have an alternative conversation. Yeah. And, and what I, honesty. Yeah, and what I found with the tool, because we then published what does Gant know think that what does those behaviours look like for Gant Great, Gant No Thanks for each value. And they were very, very visible in stores and head office. What my manager, my leaders found that they, you know, if they have an, an issue with someone's behaviour and they're ringing me for advice, I say, You've now got the tool. This is not about you, me. This these are behaviours you are not you are not following. Uh, and when I did the original rollout, you know, the last slide was get on the train, get off the train, but don't stand in front of it. Pain <laughs> <Going> away. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's the truth. You've got a choice whether you're on the train or off the train. And if you want to get off the train, it's okay. That's exactly what I said to people. It's fine. But, and we had some individuals that wanted to work in a very process-driven those are the rules, nothing else matters. And I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna behave in a way to ensure those rules are stuck to, no matter if I upset someone or, you know, my behavior is not good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's gotta be that understanding of how it's impacting those around you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some people try and do things, you know, to the letter. Yeah. And almost use that as an excuse to say, well, I did that. Absolutely. Yeah. Seeing that real life example of we must follow this process. I mean, one example was when we were looking at a full well-being program and the kind of things we wanted to launch. And one of them was core working hours. You know, if you 10 till four, but if you want to start at eight and leave at four, 
cool. You know, and we gave them options. And when I was discussing these options with the senior team, one person said to me, oh, we can't do that. I said, why? Well, we can't manage them. I said, you're not managing anybody. You're empowering people. And if you've got a poor performer who's in the mix of all of that and, and going to um, abuse that, then you should have dealt with them before. Mm. Uh, if anything, it will show through. And then you'll be dealing. But that first initial, we can't manage it, was like, that's where we've got to change our mindset. Yeah, nice. And some of that comes from, kind of, again, it comes back to that habit. You know, you create an environment where people believe that, they stigmatize it, they push that belief onto a situation, and they make it more difficult. Mm. And it sometimes takes a couple more conversations to develop up out of it. Mm. Then all of a sudden, the world's a completely different place as a result. It is, yeah. Brilliant. Tenacity and making sure those values are being lived too, the consequences for and against those things. Mm -hmm. Super Definitely. important. Yeah. Giving people that sight to be able to make the decision on their own terms. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. Carolyn, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on my uh, some of my uh, talks that I've done. I've got... Um, a case study on Reward Gateway. Um, but don't find me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, Facebook's for social. It's, no. it's, it's for friends and family. LinkedIn. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So LinkedIn. What we'll do is we'll include the the, um, the, the, the URL to your LinkedIn okay. profile. We'll also include the links in there to the Gateway case study as well. So we'll get Wonderful. that as well. Yeah. Caroline, I just want to say massive thank you from me. Massive thank you for everyone that's been watching this and paying attention and talking about employee experience and how employee engagement is so valuable. Caroline has... Uh, such a depth of experience and wisdom in this space, which is why she's here having this conversation, which is why you should be reaching out and having a conversation with her and why you should be going and learning from this case study to help you improve the engagement scores, the experience that your people get so that actually from start to finish, it is a good thing you know, from the onboarding all the way through to Glassdoor. And Carol, I'm happy to give support wherever is needed and share my ideas. Her words, not mine. So please take them. No, take advantage of that and go and dig into that wisdom. Thank you very much, Caroline. I'm so very happy for you to do this. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nathan. Good to speak. Firstly, massive thank you from the MBM team for tuning in to this sticky interview. If you haven't already done so, now is the time to click subscribe and stay up to date with our new training videos and great interviews. And secondly, if you want to learn more about the skills we've been talking about in this episode, click the link and take a look at the MBM virtual classrooms. They're there to help you be the best version of you in the work that you do. Until next time, see you soon.